Things are starting to get interesting in the world of commercial real estate. It's time to start paying attention. We're going to talk about that in this episode of Real Estate Revenue. Hey everybody, this is Paul Airy. Welcome to this episode of Real Estate Revenue. There is a lot going on this week and uh, I think this is going to continue for a while. It's time to sit up and take notice. We're going to talk about the world of commercial real estate and all the Things that are happening right now, and uh, there appears to be quite a few things happening, and even more on the horizon. So in past episodes, you've heard me talk about uh, Evergrande and commercial mortgage-backed securities, and how that's affected or will affect the commercial real estate market. And there's a lot more going on that kind of goes along with that right now. I'm looking at an article on Zero Heads. It's an article about Blackstone. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of Blackstone. Uh, They are the world's largest commercial real estate owner. So first heard about this episode on another podcast, on the Economic Ninja podcast episode that came out, uh, I believe it was today or yesterday, um, and on his YouTube channel. So Blackstone, the world's largest commercial real estate owner, has just walked away from one of its office buildings in Midtown Manhattan, handed it over to their lender. Now, this was not a small building. This is a, it's well over 600,000 square feet. Uh, They lost two large tenants and apparently didn't have the the, uh, resources to replace those tenants. So what's amazing is, they bought this building in 2014 for $605 million. And let's see if I can find where they, how much they owed. They owed, I believe it was about 300 and a little over 300 million. Basically, they lost about $300 million by walking away from this building. Uh, that's, and then, of course, their lender is going to take a big hit because they're taking back, uh, yeah, $308 million. And uh, so that's a huge loss for both sides of this deal. Now, this is not in itself going to crash the commercial real estate market, but it's a sign that when the world's largest commercial real estate owner starts showing signs of cracks, then maybe the rest of the market will too. And uh, you put that along with some of the other things going on in the world, and it seems to me that the the crash everyone's been talking about, that uh, everybody's been predicting, I have been very hesitant to predict when this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen because it always happens. We have cycles in real estate. We are in a cycle. We're coming to the downhill part of the cycle where – we're right at the top of the hill right now. Values are overpriced. Properties are overpriced. And sooner or later, it's going to come tumbling down, just like it did in 2008. 
and we're about to hit that again, and we've got a lot farther to go down this time. So when you see a, a company with the resources that Blackstone has walking away from a $308 million debt on a building and just handing the building over to the lender, that's a pretty serious sign. That To me, that means something. That means that Blackstone's got some issues. And you got to wonder what those issues are. You know, that something like that, it's got to make you wonder what's going on behind the scenes at Blackstone that we don't know about. And this is not the only case of uh, large buildings like this finding their way back to the hands of their lenders. Uh, There are several others. And sooner or later, it's going to start hitting other sectors of the commercial real estate market. Uh, We'll probably see the same thing maybe in retail um, and I doubt industrial will suffer nearly as much as office but uh, a lot of things have happened in the in the commercial office space and I'm still a fan of office buildings I still like office buildings and um, I think smaller leaner investments in office buildings are going to be uh, still going to be a good good place to go in commercial real estate these huge buildings, this one, over 600,000 square feet. They lost 418,000 square feet with one tenant. That's kind of a risky move. That's that's uh, uh, one of those things that, I mean, you may as well own a single-tenant property. If one tenant moving out or two tenants moving out is going to bankrupt your property, you may as well just own a, a single-tenant property. I mean, the whole purpose of having a building that size, having a property that size spreading your risk, you spread your risk out, you get multiple tenants. And if you lose one or two, it's not supposed to hurt you. But when you have two thirds of the building leased out to one tenant, you've got a problem if anything ever happens. That tenant, they didn't go broke or anything. They just moved to another place. Uh, The two tenants did that. So um, when they just move out and go somewhere else, uh, they there's a there's a problem. So this article further states that um, uh, recent moves in Chicago and other office markets suffering from macroeconomic shifts. Last week, two towers, each spanning over one million square feet, were on track to find themselves in the hands of lenders, according to CMBS tracking firm TREP. That's commercial mortgage, commercial mortgage-backed securities tracking firm TREP. So commercial mortgage-backed securities, if they start getting in trouble, the whole market is in trouble. The whole real estate market is in trouble. And this will spill over into residential, too, at some point. And I'm sure if commercial mortgage-backed securities are having troubles, then I'm sure that residential mortgage-backed securities will probably also start having problems. Here's the thing. When this stuff starts to happen, when everything hits the fan and and, – Deals like this happen, and uh, the market takes a big tumble. That's when you want to have cash. You want to be ready for that. You want to be prepared now. That's why we, uh, about a year, year and a half ago, well, I should say over the past two or three years, we have liquidated a lot of the stuff we have. In fact, we've liquidated all of it. In the last year, we finished off our last properties, uh, sold them off, and... uh, we're holding cash 
because we were able to sell when the market was good and get the most cash out of our properties that, that we were going to get. And uh, I pretty much had the idea that the market was going to take a tumble and I didn't want to get stuck holding uh, properties and having tenants move out. And uh, So we went ahead and sold it. I would prefer not to have to do that. I would love to hold the property forever. But uh, at some point, you know, you got to decide what's best for your future. Sometimes the market just doesn't cooperate with you. So we saw the biggest benefit in selling off that property and taking that cash, holding on to it, uh, and waiting for the market to come down, which we knew it would, and I think it's getting ready to start. Uh, probably sometime this year, we're going to see a big dip in the real estate market. I'm already seeing housing prices come down quite a bit. Uh, I live in the central Texas area right now. We're in, in the north of Austin. Housing prices here have been ridiculous. Uh, they've been selling for 100000 over asking price in, in a lot of cases. And asking prices were too high to begin with. You have properties that were listed in the first place, fifty to a hundred thousand over what they were actually worth, and then people were coming along, moving here from other states, and with a lot of cash in their pocket, offering even more than the asking price, and paying the difference in cash. So, uh, yeah, housing prices just went nuts, and now they're coming down, and I'm seeing drops of a hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, and when you have price drops that high, that means you were just way out of line to begin with. And uh, if you didn't get it when you had the chance, I think your time's passed. You know, I'm starting to see signs like that. I'm starting to see signs on commercial real estate. I'm starting to see uh, uh, more empty space. And um, in uh, the other market that we just moved out of in, in West Texas in the Permian Basin where, where the oil companies are, things are starting to change out there. And that place runs counter-cyclical to the rest of the country. So when the economy takes a big nosedive everywhere else, it's going to be booming out there. And when when it's booming everywhere else, the economy is going to be down out there. And that's pretty much how it runs. And uh, we kind of caught it right at the right time to sell, and it's getting ready to be um, a good time out there. Right now is a good time to buy out there. You know, oil prices are going up, and... and uh, they're probably going to stay up for a long time now. So also another thing happening this week, Bank of Japan has been trying to prop up their bond market to keep it from collapsing. So now the yen is down to a seven-year low. The yen against the U.S. dollar is down to a seven-year low this morning. Uh, this is uh, Monday morning, March 28th, and uh, I believe that's going to have an effect on something somewhere. <laughs> Japan is a huge economy. It's a huge trading partner with the U.S. And uh, those types of things affect everything. They affect real estate especially. And I don't believe we've heard the last of that issue. And then on top of that, we have China and Evergrande and uh, a few of the other Chinese commercial real estate companies that are defaulting have been in the process of defaulting on their loans for the last six months. Uh, and those, again, are commercial mortgage-backed securities. Sooner or later, something's got to give in that market. Something's going to happen. 
You don't just default on billions of dollars in commercial mortgage-backed securities and have it be a blip on the radar. Something's going to come. Something's going to come from that. And uh, this is a good time for you to learn about real estate, learn about commercial real estate, uh, figure out what's the good thing to own in your market and whatever market you're interested in. So be creative, be open-minded, uh, look for the creative deals. You're going to have some people that want to sell their property and they can't sell it. They can't get buyers. They're going to want to make a deal with you. They're going to lower the price. They're going to give you owner financing. They're going to do something. They're going to do whatever they can do to get rid of these properties and get rid of the debt. That's going to be coming up in the next few months. So start looking for that. Start educating yourself on how you can make these creative deals, how you can make deals that two or three years ago you wouldn't have been able to do. Uh, there are going to be a lot more of those around and uh, we'll get into that subject in future episodes really soon. We'll talk about some of the creative deals that you can do, some of the things that you can come up with to entice someone to sell to you. And, uh, and then at some point you won't even have to entice anybody. People are going to be looking for seller or looking for buyers and they won't need much of a reason to do it either. They'll, when people get desperate, they'll take whatever deal they can get just to unload the debt. So keep that in mind. Keep alert. Keep listening. Keep looking for the deals. Keep watching the market. And uh, here in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a lot more episodes about this. We're trying to increase our episodes to once a day. Um, otherwise, I have a hard time actually making it back on time. If I try it once a week, once a week it ends up being once a month. So hopefully we'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you.